This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to DM to GM. I'm your GM, Sean Howard, from The End of Time and Other Bothers. And I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore, from Dungeons and Dragons. And this show is all about getting your game going. We are asking people three questions, and, and we need you to send us in those answers, because then we're going to answer them on the air. And this week, we have a wonderful set of answers and questions from Cloudy Frog, who wants to mix fantasy and technology and modernization. The three questions... I love it. Yeah, isn't that good? The three questions are, what game genre are you looking to run? The second question is, what system do you want to use or are you familiar with? And the third question is the crux of the matter, what's stopping you? What hurdles are standing in your way? And to run us through these three questions, because I can't get through the questions without stumbling, is Russ. So the type of game genre that Cloudy Frog wants to play, they say, I want to run a fantasy type game, but one where a traditionally fantasy magic based world is starting to butt up against technology and modernization. So like just slightly pre-industrial fantasy. It's like real world coal, coal engines meet spaceships i love it so much and i love i love when fantasy starts to bump up against technology because we get to we get to paint the the past right we get to show history we get to think about how does a world of magic develop technology right like what what happens now you know it's not just about coal and steel it's there's these other ways of of thinking and problem solving and what does that mean how how crazy could the world be it's one of my favorite lines in any marvel movie don't sue us disney for me quoting this this line um in thor they're talking about science and magic and how they're different you know on earth mm. and, in, and in the world and thor's like where i come from they're both the same thing and i just love that yeah you know and in and in the alba salix universe where we play because, you know, we have this idea of ley lines, glue lines or ley lines and magic and energy, which, you know, is not that different from, you know, uh, Celtic beliefs and uh, stories and mythology. Right. So yep. this idea that that we can have modern devices in a fantasy world can be a lot of fun. 
right? What does that look like? What could that be? And where did those start? What artificer or what sorcerer was tinkering around and trying to harness or capture something that then created another cool thing that could be widely distributed and now just started to ramp up and rule the world. Yeah. And like, what are the iPhones of the the modern day? Or what is, you know what I mean? What will that be? Is there a pixie in your phone that pops out and talks to you? Uh, you know, like how cool. Send this message to Larry. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> and if they're the fairies from my world, good luck. Yeah. They're not very smart. So I love this idea. I think Claudia Frog has a great idea. So let's, uh, let's take it to number two. Number two. What game system are you familiar with? So Cloudy Frog is familiar with D&D 5e, but homebrewed and adapted to meet the kind of story we want to tell. Yes. Perfect. You can def. Yep. You can definitely do that. You can tweak some of the rules. Some of the rules are already built in. Um, if you're dead set on D&D 5e, it's des- definitely doable. Yep. If you're not, there are other games that are more... Um, more heavily weighted in that type of world or more open to those different interpretations as well. Yep, 100%. Number three, what's the thing holding you back? Performance anxiety and fear of not being able to meet expectations, feeling like I wouldn't have enough time to run a campaign, hesitance to participate in any sort of collaborative storytelling Cloudy Frog says, I'm used to writing and editing solo, and the idea of having to give up control of a story's path is still a daunting one to me. Yeah, I can feel all of that, Cloudy Frog. And uh, I think I think we got to say, no D&D 5e for you. <laughs> no D&D no. 5e for you. No D&D 5e for you. Um, Back of the line! <laughs> Back of the line! No soup for you. Yeah, now these lovely Seinfeld references we've got going on. <laughs> okay. Yes, you could take D&D 5e and you could homebrew it and you could adapt it and build this really intricate system to allow this world to happen. My fear is that that's not going to help you with your hesitance and anxiety around letting go of control. Yeah. I'm going to recommend you, you could do it if you want to do it, but I'm going to say that it might be really freeing for you to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game because the game is structured in a way where following the rules and staying within the constraints of the story you're trying to sell and tell at the table is what it's all about. And it's about telling, the mechanics are about telling a story together but still have a very strong role for the game master to play in sculpting and managing that story. So I think a different system might help give you uh, more confidence and realize how fun it is to um, have things change direction a lot and in a way that is manageable in a story, if that makes sense. That's very generic broad. No, it totally makes sense. Um, I think if you're concerned, from from my point of view, if you're concerned about sitting down and writing a story for the table to play, you're, you're going to run into the issue of the the meme that floats around online. You know, a, a D&D story is perfect in a dungeon master's hands until the players get a hold of it. Yeah. Which is an attitude in and of itself with a DM walking in, assuming that the players are going to follow the line that you have set out. They're not. 
Um, so switching systems or even cherry picking the way that you develop the world and develop the story, running, having run Fate Core, the way that they build their world and build their story is it's a collaborative event. Yeah. Um, so your first session is world and character building. It has prompts that say, what kind of world are you building? How does this world work? You figure out all of the things that are in the world that are good, bad, and otherwise. You start to build your characters within that world together. Um, there's even components where you help build other people's. Like you you take their character sheet and write something down on it, and that's now part of their character. Like a tie, yeah. If, you're, if your concern is releasing control one of those either powered by the apocalypse or fake core are great ways to start collaboratively rather than start solo and open up to a collaborative atmosphere yeah and then it becomes an interesting experience in how to write and create the world so one of the things i love about fate powered by the apocalypse is we as the GM focus on the world building and not owning and controlling the story. Yeah. And there's a real difference there. I think in D&D, the mechanisms in D&D are great for battles and checks, but it really leaves the GM in the seat of writing and telling the story, guiding the story, right? Um, you don't have to. I mean, obviously, we you can get mm -hmm. you can play with other ways to let go of that. But but the the mechanisms of the game don't really support. They they lead you towards somebody has to lay out the story for the table, um, and then you as a GM sculpt and respond. And so in in some of these other systems, you're building a world, like you're building forces, fronts, uh, uh, potentials. Uh, you're building just the characters, and you're allowing the table to help um, pull the pieces of the story that matter to them, right? So paying attention to what is of interest around your table, what do they want to look at more? And then you just sort of, you follow them and help guide that story. Definitely. Um, and I run a D&D &D 5e game um, where I've incorporated a, a space-based multi-universe exploration program that kind of just comes in and out as is necessary in the story. It's, it's fine. Um, but as for the where I felt most comfortable allowing or pushing my players to play in the world was after we ran Fate. Mm. Um, yeah. So after we played another system entirely, because right. it gave me different tools that I didn't pick up on or didn't interpret from the D&D books. Right. Um, or the way that I've, I had seen D&D be played or heard D&D be played previously. Um, so it, opening, pushing beyond just the one game, 100% is a great way to go. Yeah, it's funny because I in Dungeons and Dragons, the first the season two are we calling it? It's what it's the six yep. year mark, right? So your season two, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, I'm just like, is that season six? I don't know. Like most people, yep. you know, a year. Okay, so season two, um, I've noticed like you're asking all the characters, like, and some of it's even on the air. Which path? What do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Yep. You're coming up to a big moment and you're building their characters. It's like the first few sessions where we get to meet these new characters. And you're right. I have noticed you being more like, you know, what it, what happens next? This or this? Uh, yeah. What? What? Why are you here? Right? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, in season two, we've kind of approached it because we've started with new characters. The old characters will be coming back, but we've started with new characters almost at a full level zero, which hasn't really been done in D&D since like second edition. Right. They're in fifth edition now. So we've started with them, whereas when you sit down at a table, you start with a level one character. They have skills A, B, and C. They might have some spells. They already know all this stuff. I, I sat them down. I was like, build your level one character. Okay, now put it down. You don't know any of those spells. You don't have all of that stuff. We're going to work towards that. So let's figure out a way to get you from nothing to to this page that you have, and then we can start working forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so yeah, it's interesting doing. that the doing fake court played. Yeah, changed. I think running Power by the Apocalypse game, you know, Dungeon World definitely changed a lot for me. Um, the, I think I was at a point as a DM where I would I would take every character on being created like I would take them in a separate room we'd build a little backstory to get, it got very involved by the end yeah and part of that whole thing I think was me trying to figure out what motivates this person what what motivates the player right? right like they're all about creating this new character but I was trying to understand what motivates them what are they trying to get out of this game mm-hmm. and and I was a lot of effort to get to something I now realize you can just do by sitting around at episode zero at a table and just ask everyone what's interesting to you about this world. Uh, you know, what does your character want? What are they afraid of? Um, and to start to map out a world together. It's a lot easier. I, I don't know if we've taken away the performance anxiety that you have, um, but hopefully we've given you given you some tools to maybe help work through that with a future table that you have. I don't know if you have one currently, but um, hopefully that that helps. And if it does, please let us know. Or if we have other questions that came up from this, let us know. Yeah, we would very much like to hear what happens and how your game goes. Because I think your idea of a world sounds really fun. If you want to follow up with us, or if you want to send us your answers to our questions, you can do so. Send them to me, Russ, or Sean, or both of us over at uh, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. We have the questions that we asked down in the description. We'll run through them now again quickly. What game genre do you want to play? What system do you use or currently know? And what's stopping you? What's the hurdle? Thank you for listening to DM to GM. If you have questions about getting your game started, send them to us, Russ and Sean. Our email is dm to gmcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at dm to gmcast. You'll find all the links down in the description. In the meantime, get your game started. We'll talk to you soon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Oh, hey, friends, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. You don't know me, but I'm going to introduce you to Dungeons and Dragons, where I play D&D with my friends, and and they're going to become your friends because you're going to love us so much. I mean, maybe, maybe you won't love us, but we'll love you. Let me give you a taste of the show in 42 seconds. Let's go. You must have a, f- and a flask. Anything. He's got a satchel. This is the most disappointed <laughs> way I've ever heard anyone say the word satchel. Cost. How much is a donkey cost? How much is a donkey cost? Russ, how much is the a donkey cost? question everyone wants to know. <laughs> For one hour. It's concentration, so if you do another concentration spell... 
It's abjuration, you doink. It's concentration. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like exactly the sort of person you should probably tell your friends about. The kind that are there and say, like, weird, mysterious things and then just disappear? Yeah, that's why I'm telling oh, you. Okay. Also, he had three eyes. Oh! We're having this rager. I mean, Lich Astley and the Magic Magic Missiles is going to be playing <laughs> later tonight. Is he ever going to give you up? <laughs> Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Orcus is going to rule all and he won't desert you. What else do I need to tell you? We're Dungeons and Dragons. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or at dumbdragons.com. We can't wait to adventure with you.